Hello and welcome to the Fossil Huntress podcast. Today I thought I would bring you up to Cranbrook in the East Kootenay region of British Columbia. So it's on the southeastern edge of the province and it is a land of colossal mountains against a clear blue sky. I started heading up to the Kootenays in the 90s um, to head to sites near Cranbrook, the rifle range site, which is a lower Cambrian um, outcrop that has beautiful Olenella trilobites, uh, Winaria dunne, and um, Olenellus ricei, or SP, depending on who you ask. Back in the day, so back in 98-99, Lisa Bohatch was doing her PhD on the area and she was out at a conference at UBC and I met up with Lisa and talked about the ontogeny, the growth patterns of these Olenellids and um, and then spoke with Rolf Ludvigsen who was doing some research in the area and went up for the first time to meet up with the locals. So I met Guy Sanducci on that trip. He's a geologist who lives in the area and Jim Boker who is sadly passed now. So my first trips out were to the traditional site. So. Um, the fossil exposures near Cranbrook have been known since the 20s, so they outcrop at a couple of localities just as you head east out of Cranbrook towards Fort Steele. So there are some traditional sites at the rifle range, which is literally a rifle range where they shoot at things. Um, and then there's some other outcrops that uh, were exposed and then covered up as they built the roads. So I wanted to go back to those sites and see how they had transformed over time. So I've seen them over the course of years and I've seen them uh, exposed, heavily mined, blown up with dynamite. I've seen everything at these exposures. And I also wanted to head um, to some uh, of the eager formation outcrops that I had not seen. So Lisa did her thesis, but she didn't publish. So she didn't mint out as a PhD and um, Rolf continued his work on that area. In 1998, he published on these beautiful calcified trilobites that were uh, in calcite wafers, these blue calcite wafers, 3D wafers. And I've wanted to go to that um, uh, Tyoton site. So the, these are sites below Tyoton Mountain since 1998 and there were some barriers there was no active logging in the region close by so it was a you know 20 to 25 kilometer hike and uh, the exposures were guarded by a resident grizzly so there was a number of reasons uh, for for abandoning ship along the way but this summer um, three of us so uh, John Pham and Dan Bowden and I are all admins on the fossil hunters page on Facebook and we had a little chit chat with Chris New and Chris Jenkins who are amazing um, upper Cambrian specialists that live in the region and we decided to fashion a trip so it was put together a little hastily and we were dealing with COVID so separate cars and face masks and all sorts of uh, safety precautions in place but we made our way up and for the very first time, I was able to go to the top of Tyatin Mountain and rappel down and stand in the place of that original Ludvigsen paper site from 1998 and collect those beautiful Upper Cambrian trilobites. The first trilobites near Cranbrook were discovered back in the 20s, so they were found during the building of the Kootenay Highway. 
The Kootenai Highway is the road that connects Cranbrook to Fort Steele and beyond. And the fossils found here, the Olenellis and Winaria, are a shade older than the Middle Cambrian Burgess Shale, but the fauna here is much less varied. So it's mostly Winaria and Olenellids, uh, mostly uh, molts. There's some death plates as well. Um, but they are plentiful and they are beautifully preserved. So back in the 20s, fossil collecting in Cranbrook was a family affair. So people would come out, there was a, a fossil collecting weekend where 500 families came out in their finery. So picture them in their light colored clothing with ruffles and cotton and sun umbrellas collecting near town. And it was the beginning of the trend of collecting in the region and the opening up of the region around the time of the Kootenay Central Railway. The fossils found near Cranbrook are primarily Olenellids, so these are an extinct genus of trilobites, and they were arthropods that were common in the early Cambrian, so 542 to 521 million years ago, and they're a very useful guide, an, a good index fossil for the early Cambrian. Trilobites were amongst the earliest fossils with hard skeletons, and while they're extinct today, they were a dominant life form back at the beginning of the Cambrian, and it's primarily what we find near Cranbrook. So they were little arthropods that lived on the bottom of the seafloor, and they scooted their way along, siphoning through the bottom bits and sucking nutrients out of the water, so planktonic bits and little bits of algae. And they lived in the eager for, they lived in what is now the eager formation, along with other um, beautiful uh, Cambrian goodies. So a species like Tozoya, I found two from Cranbrook, and other arthropods. But primarily all we see there are the Olenelids, Olenelid ricei, and the Winaria. So this summer, in early August, John Pham, who's now co-chair of the Vancouver Paleontological Society, Dan Bowden and myself, headed up to Cranbrook primarily to look at the Upper Cambrian, the Farongian trilobite exposures of the McKay Group in the Bull River Valley near Cranbrook and also to meet up with Chris New and Chris Jenkins. Um, they've both been working extensively in the area with Brian Chatterton. I don't know if you have a copy of Paleontographica Canadiana number 35. If you don't, I'll put a link in the blog. It's from 2016 and it is a powerhouse of beautiful, enviable, delicious uh, trilobite images and um, uh, geologic papers on the area. So I've been heading up to Cranbrook and Fernie since the 90s, and my interest is the local geology and the fossil history and the, the people history, particularly the First Nations from that area. But I'm also drawn to the warm and welcoming locals who share a love for the land and for the paleontological treasures that uh, open a window to our past. I've seen a shift in the Cranbrook Museum from being mostly a uh, train museum, and I like trains, but uh, only so much, to embrace their paleontological past. And that's a trend that I really love to see. And, and uh, I applaud individuals like Guy Sanducci and Chris Jenkins and Chris New for helping to make that happen. So once we'd been to the various fossil ex exposures, I did some driving around that region to explore the land between Cranbrook and Fernie.
In the Cranbrook region and in the East Kootenays, rocks from deep within the Earth's crust underlie the entire East Kootenay region. And they're commonly exposed on mountain cliffs and along um, glaciated river canyons and along roadside um, roadworks. Um, younger Ice Age sediments cover a lot of that underlying rock. As you head east out of Cranbrook towards Fernie, which is about an hour and change driving, you drive through the Cambrian into the Devonian, and this flip-flops folding over to reveal, oddly, Jurassic exposures. So the Crow's Nest Highway into Fernie follows Munts Creek, and from the highway you can see the Fernie Group and the site along the Elk River where an ichthyosaur was excavated in 1916. So it's just along the highway, and it's a beautiful big ichthyosaur, a big marine reptile that was found and presented to the town, boxed up and sent off to Ottawa to the Museum of Nature. And as far as I know, it is still sitting in that box. As you drive into the town of Fernie, you see the Fernie Formation, which is Jurassic. As you drive into Fernie and you drive through the Fernie Formation, so Jurassic, slightly younger, you see a, a town rimmed with these beautiful rugged cliffs and all of those cliff tops, those rugged mountain tips are all tipped with Devonian marine outcrops. So in essence, all these mountains are upside down with the oldest layers flipped to the top and a good 180 million years of um, younger sitting below them. So before they were mountains, these sedimentary rocks were formed as a sediment collected in a shallow sea or inland, baseland, inland basin. About 360 million years ago, the rocks that you see in Fernie today were down near the equator. So they rode tectonic plates pushing northeast and smashing into the coastline of what would become British Columbia. A little push here, a little shove there, some compression and thrust faulting and the rocks were rolled up and over on their head repeatedly. And this is how mountains are formed. So imagine you're at the edge of your bed and you're pushing the sheet along. And as that sheet gets pressure, um, pieces lift up and then fall over. So Fernie was built in much the same way. Within the town of Fernie and uh, a stone's throw drive, so about 10 minutes in any direction, there are small exposures of Triassic and Jurassic marine outcrops. Um, east of the town, there is a bunch of Cretaceous plant sites, and these are a little bit baked and coalified. But probably the pièce de résistance for Fernie at this moment is a 1.4 meter, so a truck tire size ammonite, the Titanites occidentalis, and it's up on Coal Mountain. So I did a post up on this. If you ever want to hit me up for specific directions, the one piece of advice I'll give you is if you're going to go see the Titanides, bring a friend, bring a rope, and the hardest part of that exposure is getting across the river. So don't do it when that river is high. But the town of Ferdy is crested by beautiful mountains um, with Devonian tips on top. There's tons of uh, Triassic and Jurassic exposures. There's some yummy Triassic fish near that town. Um, there's beautiful ichthyosaurs and marine reptiles. And there is the largest ammonite in our entire province and probably in uh, Western Canada, um, sitting just maybe 
well, 10 minute drive out of town and then a one hour hike up that mountain. So thank you for joining me in exploring the Kootenai region.